welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive. You can find me on Twitter at Nikki underscore Canuck. Follow the show on Twitter as well while you're at it, at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a rating and a comment too, and I'll be giving away a... Uh, I'll be giving away a prize once I receive 100 reviews. So get those in, y'all, and you can win some sweet prizes. Uh, today, we're going to be joined by Christian Mancuso. How's it going, Christian? Buddy, everything's great. How's everything with you? Man, I'm doing really good, really good. Uh, so wanted to get you on the show today because you just launched your own uh, hockey website called Tarps Up Hockey. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on to talk about it. Yeah, tarpsoffhockey.net went live at uh, midnight Saturday, and it is a uh, podcast and blog network, obviously. Uh, we have six podcasts on the network, and we have about 13 or 14 uh, guys on the on the staff in total, some blog, some just do content. But yeah, you know what? I've been doing this for just about a year now, kind of, uh, you know how it goes in this thing, right? You kind of work your way up. And uh, I got to a place where I, I just kind of wanted to be able to drive the entire content in, in a manner in which I like to do it, which isn't very, uh, it, which isn't always like the norm or standard, so. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, when you have your own network and you can kind of talk about and do whatever you like without having to to adhere to anybody else's uh, wishes, I guess, for when it comes to content. Um, well, what what kind of steps did you have to take to get here? I mean, that's it's. I didn't realize there's you have that many people working on the network. Uh, you know, what steps did you take to get this far? Oh well. Basically, I started doing the Get the Puck Out podcast with Kyle O'Howe, just a friend of mine from Niagara. We started recording like terribly on an iPad. And before I knew it, I'm, I mean, I, in my personal life, I'm a Boston Bruins fan. So I was talking a lot about them on Twitter. I know that wouldn't be popular here with your, with your <laughs> listeners, but I cover the entire league now. Just hear me out. We all got to start somewhere. So um, a company out of Boston um, a, a media credential company there called the Bruins Die Hard Network. They, they're, 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 they're a blog site, came, approached me. Uh, I developed my own video podcast there. And then when I did that, um, Dean Blundell from here in Toronto locally reached out about the podcast. I went there. Um, it was short-lived, but good experience. Met a lot of guys, but not necessarily uh, the right spot for doing straight hockey content. And for mm-hmm. me... I live and breathe this stuff. It's all I want to talk about. It's all I ever talk about. And it's all I ever think about. So for me, I was just like, I can channel this passion into something that, you know, I've only been doing for just over about a year and a half. And I've come to a point where some people are interested in working with me, right? So now I just felt like it was the right time to kind of lead the ship. I I feel like I understand the internet space and uh, my business partner, um, Jimmy the Prince, awesome guy that I met there too, has helped me out a lot with... uh, with the tarps off hockey launch behind the scenes, man, it's a lot to do. It, 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 we have a great team and uh, I couldn't be more grateful for them as well. I think we're really going to hit on something here. It's funny. I can totally relate to that because, and I'm sure a lot of these listeners do like, if you're subscribing to a hockey podcast, you're probably just an absolute hockey nut. And you just want to consume as much as possible, which is what you and I both are. Um, and, and I can totally relate to that. All I have ever done is talk about sports, talk about hockey, when I was in university, anytime I got a paper, I was thinking, is there any way that I could tie this to hockey or to sports in general? Sometimes I was very successful at it, sometimes not so successful. My mark reflected on it, 
but I always wanted to try and talk about sports as often as I can. So I think, you know, it was, it was a no brainer for, for a guy like me to end up in this industry, just mm-hmm. based on what I wanted to do and what I was already doing. And it sounds like basically the same thing for you. Like, was there any time uh, in, in your upbringing, in your life, I guess, where you, you came up and you just, you, anytime someone tried to have a conversation about something uh, serious in, in school or something like that, you always tried to tie it back to sports because that's, it's just what you know, right? Was there yeah. a time where, where those conversations were had with you where it's like, you know, not everything can be about sports. And you're like, oh, I beg to differ. <laughs> yeah, certainly, man. I have uh, many of those moments and I can remember being a kid in like the fourth or fifth grade. And I was just sports obsessed, especially hockey. And I remember one of my teachers pulling me aside because I had tried to, again, relate a paper just like yourself in school. I used to do that as a kid, too. So I tried to relate something that we were talking to to like a hockey story. And this teacher, I'm not going to say her name. I don't want to put her too hard on blast here because we're from the Niagara <laughs> area. And, and, and to be honest with you, I, I don't even know if she's living or dead. So I don't want that kind of karma on me. But this teacher in general said, uh, pulled me aside and basically said, like, you know, Chris, you're never going to amount to anything if you don't get your head wrapped up of sports like you can't be so hockey obsessed the world she said to me the world doesn't revolve around hockey so like you know I went through the the motions and got a regular job went to school got a regular job and then started doing the podcasting and it all kind of came together and then I was able to jump out and do this and it's like my world does revolve around hockey so what did she know (laughs) (laughs) exactly and it's true like some people and I know that there's some you know some younger people who are listening to this who wish that they could, you know, they could have their own podcast or they could be their own bloggers. And I think like stories like you and I, where we were told like not everything revolves around hockey. And I mean, I guess to an extent it's true, but if you want it to be, it can be. And I think that your story is kind of, uh, you know, indicative of the fact that if you truly believe that this is what you want to do, do it. Right. Like you got to go for it, man. Exactly. All these people in life think, oh, what about me? And I have it right now. You know, many people say to me and I'm sure you get the same thing, Mike, where you people be like, oh, I wish I could have a hockey podcast. And I I would love to talk about hockey, this, that, the other. Well, it's like you can. But what people don't know is this isn't just as fun as it looks. And you would obviously know that well more in depth than me being uh, with TSN. But there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes uh, as far as. production and preparation and just being able to be knowledgeable about all the sports when you got your own personal life going around you and uh if you think that this uh kind of lifestyle will leave you a lot of time for your friends and family you're sadly mistaken or you're not doing it properly and i'm sure you can attest to that for sure um so as for tarps off hockey you said that there's would you say there's six different podcasts on the on the network yeah, we have six podcasts on the network. Two are still in development right now, but we have uh, my own Get the Puck Out podcast. We have a group of guys called Blue Line Hockey Club uh, podcast. They're great. They're from uh, New York and Carolina. The other two guys are in Raleigh now, but they all used to live together in New York, grew up playing hockey together. It's a great podcast. Actually, the one of the guys is uh, nephew uh, is an NHL player now. So like they, they always have him on and it's a lot of fun. And then we have a podcast called uh, offside hockey talk, which is just mostly Leafs coverage and a guy named James. He's fantastic. Um, it's a great product as well. And he does a lot more interview stuff than just as a, as a show in general. So he does a lot of one-on-one stuff and gets some pretty interesting guests from time to time. Absolutely. And then the last one is called the O show. It's a kid named Tate, a kid's a young guy 
guys named Tate Harris and uh, Cody Wall. They're probably, I don't know, 25, 26 years old, year old guys, but these guys know everything about the OHL. Man, I've never <laughs> met guys and they know everything about every player. And uh, you know what, when you're doing this kind of thing, if you don't have some good prospect insight, because I mean, learning everything about the NHL and trying to operate a website and make my own content that I do outside of just the hockey world as well work. I can't always dig into that kind of stuff. So these two are absolute weapons. The Osho podcast is great. They get everyone on from the OHL to players and uh, management guys, head coaches, like they're all over the map and it's a great product for sure. And then the other two podcasts are in development, but they're going to be more of like a round table kind of discussion podcast that uses kind of every weapon we have on the network. It's interesting you talked about the O show because I, I think that that is something that there there is a market for it and it's kind of a hole in the market right now. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's extremely niche, don't get me wrong, but there are so many people who love the draft and love prospects where I believe that that a show like that, whether it's, you know, just talking about the OHL or, you know, they expand to, to within, you know, the CHL in general. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that there is a market for that. So I love the fact that you guys – kind of notice the hole in the market and you're going to try and, and try and, and uh, exploit it and get yourself some more viewers because, you know, someone like me, I love the draft, like the NHL draft, NFL, or whatever draft, no matter what the sport is, I even sit there and I watch the MLB draft. Like I love it that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that I can never get enough content for the NHL draft. Like I, I, the NFL draft, they have the draft network now, which is, I believe, two years running, um, mm. if you're familiar with it. And yeah, yeah, I'm all super. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, sports so, guy. Right. So the draft network is, is, is great. It's fantastic. I love it. You know, the coverage is, is great. All the guys there, uh, really knowledgeable people. And th- we just don't have that in hockey. I mean, we have the guys, you know, like Scott Wheeler, um, uh, Scott Wheeler. Why am I blanking on some of these? I mean, like Craig Button and Bobby mm-hmm. Mack and like Sam Cosentino from the big wigs. But then you got some other guys, you know, with the athletic um who also are pretty good and knowledgeable prospect people but yeah. we don't have a specific podcast really that no, it's a niche market delves into sure. it right and, yeah. and i think that that's I'm, I'm excited to to actually listen to that yeah i mean and i think tate and cody really nailed the the direction of the show as well um not to spend uh, too much time pumping them up compared to the rest <laughs> of the guys on the network who will get certainly give me crap for this but no i i think they've hit a nail right on the head um and tate harris actually was one of the hockey writers top 50 twitter followers if you're into prospects so this kid knows his stuff and just because he has an ohl podcast he actually is very very well versed across the entire canadian hockey league like you just bring up anybody and he's got the scouting report on them it's really really uh really impressive yeah that's awesome um what, what what else do we have to look forward to you know you just you just did your launch here is is there more that you guys plan on doing in the future or are you guys going to kind of sit back see how things go and then kind of work diligently from there what's what's the future of tarps off hockey the future of tarps off hockey is all gas no breaks there's tons more stuff to come <laughs> Love it. We're going to be, uh, right now, my podcast, Get the Puck Out, actually, for any of your listeners who will get, uh, I mean, it might be a little too late because I think the submissions will be closed, but we're doing a little, I've had a bunch of people 
over 20 people enter videos, 30 to 60 seconds, explaining why they think they'd be a good co-host on Get the Puck Out. Um, because we need to get more than one episode out a week. And my co-host, Kyle, he's a very busy guy. We need to bring someone else on. So we've uh, put together some video submissions, like live reaction stuff that we're going to be putting out. Uh, and we're going to have like kind of a morning recap show once the playoffs start. Uh, and next season, we'll actually have like a little YouTube morning highlight show in that as well. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so if anybody is interested, definitely hit up uh, Christian for that. You can, was it on at Tarps Off Hockey? Is there like a, a, a yeah, Tarps Off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to uh, at Tarps Off Hockey underscore on Twitter. Send a DM there, or you can send it to me at cmancuso9797 or chris at tarpsoffhockey.net, wherever you want to send it. And uh, 30 to 60 seconds on why you think you'd make a good co-host. You don't need experience. Experience doesn't mean anything. Like, look how quick it uh, it can happen, right? So for True. me, it's all about it's all about charisma, knowledge, and uh, and the entertainment factor. Well, let's go ahead and let's test that knowledge for uh, that hockey, overall hockey knowledge for it, because we're going to talk about Gancho draft lottery that happened. So we're going to get into some hockey talk uh, and I'll get your thoughts on that. But first I do got to tell you about this new protein bar that's hit the market called the built bar. Are you familiar with the built bar? No, I'm not, but I love protein bars. Okay. So this is the bar for you. Let me tell you all about it. It's a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's so good. And has over 20 unique flavors. You've got your dark chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie it, it tastes literally like a cookie it's fantastic you almost feel guilty eating it and best of all it's healthy dude super healthy it's a perfect treat for that health conscious guy who's looking to lose or maintain weight these bars are low calorie low sugar high fiber and high protein go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your first order and get this 50 percent off everything on the entire store right now so head there right now use the promo code locked on for ten dollars off at builtbar.com all right welcome back we'll talk about uh the nhl draft lottery now uh joining me right now still we got christian mancuso from tarps off hockey uh so the lottery went down on friday and oh, yeah. it was a little chaotic to say the least yeah, to say the least, the NHL draft lottery on Friday was a disaster, in my opinion. I didn't like it. Um, you got the NHL, I, I find that they constantly do this, and I don't mean to harp on the league too much, but they always seem like they have to tinker with things. And it's like, why now do these eight teams that are going to eventually be put into a draw to win the first overall pick have like almost as good a shot as Detroit had from the get-go? It's just it, that rubs me the wrong way. And like to have an hour long program on Sportsnet and uh, I think NBC even had something yeah. going on in the States. You run an hour long show and in the end, we don't know who won the lottery. Like just a, <laughs> I was just a facepalm moment. And uh, to be honest with you, I felt bad for the Detroit Red Wings and the Buffalo Sabres. See, I'm I'm opposite of you, actually. I loved it. And I mean, yeah. some people just like to watch the world burn and and. You know, I don't want to say I like to watch it burn, but like I love chaos. And as a guy who works in sports media, I want the content. And this is going to create so much content for the next two months until we figure it out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we have at least six weeks until we're going to have this. This we won't uh, even know. Maybe longer until we have the next phase two of the lottery draft. And then you know, like who's it going to be? It could be. It could be the Leafs. Like imagine if the Leafs end up getting the first overall pick. Imagine how upset all of Hockey Nation will be. Like, everyone's yeah. already jealous of us. Imagine if we <laughs> end up with the first overall pick. 
Or what if Edmonton gets it and you link up McDavid with, with uh, Lafreniere? Like, what if he I goes to Montreal too? The kid's only from like right? thirty minutes outside Montreal. I think he's from just north of there. So yeah, I mean the the positive it is it is entertaining. But just watching them open the envelope and it just have the NHL logo <laughs> was was very bizarre. And I was on a podcast yesterday, our first one that we did since launching the Tarps Off Hockey. Uh, uh, tarpsoffhockey.net we had Ron uh sorry Doug McLean come through and he was very 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 upset by what went down and uh he compared it to the Sidney Crosby draft um the league had locked out the year before in Columbus he was running the Blue Jackets at the time and they were the third worst team in the NHL and then for the Crosby draft lottery everyone had a ball in the in the thing and uh you know i think columbus ended up get the pick eighth or something like that like just ended up in a horrible position and montreal moved up and pittsburgh ended up with sid and yeah he was uh he was very animated about how they always uh mess with these draft lotteries to be honest i like the way that the nfl just does the draft like if you're last place you get the first overall pick like i'm I'm more of a traditionalist with that stuff so the nba and nhl's like draft lottery system not for me i don't know if i really um you know when it comes to last like doing it by by the end of the year standings i don't know if i'm so I, i thought when they did the draft lottery in the past when it was just like the bottom five teams were in the lottery. I thought that was fair mm, because there's not really, fair. yeah, there's not that much difference between those teams, but that team that just misses out on the playoffs, you know, like last year when like Chicago got lucky and moved all the way up and was able to get Kirby doc or when Carolina just missed out on the playoffs a couple of years ago, moved all the way up to two to take Svechnikov, mm-hmm. like something like that. And, and Nolan Patrick the year before, like every year we're seeing teams move up. Well, look at L.A. And, this year. Who won the draft lottery more than the L.A. Kings with the chance to draft Quinton Byfield here yeah. and sure up uh, their center position even more? And I wrote about uh, this earlier on the website. Like, I, I think that the L.A. Kings absolutely must be ecstatic to move up into that number two spot. To me, they won the draft lottery um, just in terms because of the need that they have to rebuild. And, I mean, they got uh, – Gabriel Velarde, Samuel Fagmino, uh, Alex Turquette, the American kid. And then you're going to add Akil Thomas, who played for the Niagara Ice Dogs and is a second round pick of them. And, and is a great, uh, you're going to add like, I mean, Quentin Byfield is as good of a number two overall pick as you're going to see. And the LA Kings, in my opinion, must have just left the draft lottery feeling amazing. <laughs> 100%. Like, I think they already have a really good prospect pool, and to be able to move up and, and able to get a guy like Byfield or maybe even Tim Stutzla, you know, I don't think it's a it's yeah. a foregone conclusion that they're going to go with Byfield. Uh, I think there's a there's going to be a conversation there for sure, even maybe even a defenseman if they want to go the James Guysdale route. But. I think you got to go big body center in that position, man. I mean, Byfield was the rookie of the year right off the hop in the OHL. Had 62 points his first season. I think he had 85 points in 45 games so far this season. He didn't have the greatest world junior, uh, hampered with a little injury and a reduced role on that team, actually. I think he only ended up with one assist in the entire tournament. But Mm -hmm. this kid, man, I went and watched a couple games, and uh, actually a friend of mine is the play-by-play announcer of the Sudbury Wolves. And uh, I've seen what Schutzel can do, and I think Byfield would have, just with Anze Kopitar aging, I think he can really come in and learn a lot from him. I think Byfield will, will, will be the pick there at two. Yeah, I think he's the, the, the betting favorite, but I don't know if it's a foregone conclusion. No, um, it's definitely not, ooh, definitely not wrapped up. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. So you think that the 
that the Kings won the draft lottery. Well, obviously, whoever ends up getting first will be the, the true winners. Yeah, but on, I'm just saying on from, Friday, from Friday. Yeah, exactly. From Friday, the Kings, for sure. Yeah, because they moved Ooh. down four spots, right? Like, right. they were able to jump up. So, I mean, they had the best. Uh, other than this team who gets knocked out of the first playoff thing or whatever and gets to win it. But, yeah, for now, they're the winners. Funny enough, too, they were actually like the NHL's hottest team leading up to this. I think they were on a five-game winning streak before yeah. COVID shut things down. Um, but the question I want to ask is, who do you feel most bad for? you feel worse for, for the Senators or for the Detroit Red Wings? I don't feel bad for the Senators because, A, I, I don't know, I'm not a big Eugene Melnick guy, and B, um, they got three – they got two picks in the top five. So like, you can't really be too upset with that. I mean, obviously Lafreniere would have been a massive, massive uh, franchise altering move for them, but I don't know the way that this team's dysfunction has gone on since they were one shot away from the Stanley cup final uh, when they lost in game seven to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I think maybe Lafreniere would be happy that he didn't end up there, but no, I definitely feel, I feel bad for Buffalo man. Like, and I feel bad for New Jersey, I guess, a little bit too. But no, not really. No, 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 no real <laughs> sense of uh, of feeling bad for those teams. I feel worse for Buffalo, though. When it rains, it pours for that team. They finish eighth. No electric winger for Jack Eichel. Probably end up with a guy like Cole Perfetti, who's not too bad. But Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I feel like the top maybe six or so, top five or six, really, really top-end elite players in this draft – I don't want to say it drops off. It doesn't drop off huge. It does drop think, I think it is a, a really, really good draft. Like overall, I think that the depth of the, the rookies in this year's draft is going to be really good and, and might even be able to rival that of, of the 15-16 McDavid draft. Uh, do you share the same sentiment with me or are you a little more bullish on some of these guys? I don't know if it's going to have the same depth that we've seen that um that draft have but no i think like you said uh, at the back end of this draft uh, a couple scout friends of mine told me it's very very strong like on the defensive side there's a lot of really good defensemen in this draft um and and apparently early on in the top 10 too i'm not huge into the scouting stuff at the moment now just with all the the, the site work and that but no i think i think it could man these kids are like i, I know going to the ohl games now We've had a team in Niagara for, I think, seven or eight years, and uh, the product has just gotten better every year. These kids are getting faster, they're smarter, and the, the, the product's electric, man. So I wouldn't doubt if we see a run of great drafts. And I think we have. For sure. Like, I think it's, it's almost getting weird to use the term generational talent nowadays because I feel like in, like, the last four or the last five drafts, we've used that term to talk about people, right? Like, Connor McDavid, obviously a generational talent. And then they said the same thing about Matthews. And then mm-hmm. now, you know, Dalene like, was was a generational talented defenseman. And now they're saying the same thing about Lafreniere. And it's mm-hmm. not that they're not all generational, but it's just like, are we being a little too loose with that yes. term? Like, yeah, you know I heard I mean? people using that term with uh who went last year, New Jersey took him. Why am I blanking on his name? It was Jack um, Hughes. Yeah, Jack Hughes. People were talking about that. And I knew then that he wasn't even as good as his brother. Like when Quinn went later, like they were talking about Jack Hughes as if he was a generational talent. There's no, he's not a generational talent. In fact, I wouldn't have even taken him at one. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of big conversation whether or not Capo Caco deserved to go number one in that draft. That's who I would have talked. He didn't even have a great rookie year, but. 
Yeah. Well, neither of them. Both of them kind of struggled a little bit, which was surprising. But mm-hmm. we'll see what ends up happening. Long careers ahead. Last call, last question I have for you regarding the uh, NHL draft lottery here. I think, and, and I had a conversation with a couple of friends of mine kind of after, and we came to the conclusion that I think the the, the format, and I know you're probably going to have, I think I already know your answer based on what you said before, but I think the format would have been better if those seven teams that were eliminated would have been the only people who are in contention for the first pick and then have the rest of the teams be in contention for picks two and picks three. I'm bingo on that. That would have been perfect. It would have at least protected, you know, I mean, that's just the Detroit Red Wings have been so bad and they're an original six franchise. I would have liked to seen Stevie Y get i I'm a big Stevie Y guy just from being a fan of him as a player. And then the job he did down in Tampa Bay has been nothing sort of spectacular with what he did there too, the roster and the way that he was able to manage the cap. So I think that uh, it's, a, that's the, the, it's tough on them for sure. Yeah. Um, in conversation with Christian Mancuso from uh, tarpsoffhockey.net. Uh, so let's let's move on. Let's play a game. Let's play a game called Cosign, No Sign. The listeners of this podcast very well informed about this game. So basically how it goes for those who haven't heard it before or for you if you haven't played it before, Christian. Uh, so I'm going to make a statement. And then based on that statement, you're either going to agree or disagree by saying cosign or no sign. So I got three statements here, and you're going to tell me why you agree or disagree. So first one for you. A Canadian team will end up with the number one pick in this year's draft. No sign on that. I don't see it happening this year. Although I think Winnipeg and possibly Toronto, depending on what happens with that Columbus series, if they're healthy or not, and if they can even keep up with the scoring pace that the Leafs have. But no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I think uh, I, I think it'll go to an American team. I can see like Arizona or somebody. You know, Taylor Hall's down there in Arizona, and, and first overall pick stick to that guy like uh, like white on rice. So I know I made that I made that joke when the they originally mentioned that this was gonna be you know the format that they're gonna go with. I was like, all right, well I'm gonna lay some money down on Arizona losing to Nashville and then winning the number one overall pick. Why? Because they have Taylor Hall. That's what I think, man. I'm with you on that. I said that right away, too. <laughs> but I, I do think that it's, I mean, there's people talking about how, oh, the fix is in. Like, Montreal's going to get Lafreniere. They're going to lose to Pittsburgh. And they're going to give the local French kids to Montreal, an original six, uh, one of the best, you know, most historic teams in the league. Give them that generational talent that they need to become relevant again, to become, you know, Stanley Cup contenders yeah. again. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I do not think that is the case. No. That being said, I do think that Montreal has a good chance. I mean, they have at least a 12 and a half. Well, okay, I guess not yet. But odds are they're going to lose to Pittsburgh. And then they'll have a 12 and a half percent chance. I, like, that would just be a match made in heaven if that were to happen, though. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean, like the kids from like 30 minutes north of Montreal, uh, the one thing that would be on the opposite end of it, playing devil's advocate, being a French Canadian hockey player in the Montreal market makes being from Toronto and playing for the Leafs look like chump change. They are very, very difficult on their French Canadian players. One name that comes to mind, I remember uh, Guillaume La Tendresse. 
mm. was a first round pick, I believe, of the Montreal Canadiens. And they just rushed him through and all the pressure and he just folded with it. Lafreniere has ice in his veins, though. So I, I Lafreniere has ice in his veins. So I don't think there's uh, much to worry about there. I think he's going to succeed wherever he comes up. But yeah, if it is a Canadian team that gets it, it'll probably be the Montreal Canadiens. But I, something something feels right about Nashville beating Arizona and Arizona winning that pick somehow. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. All right, number two, cosign or no sign, the Toronto Maple Leafs will win a playoff series this season. I am going to co-sign that. I think that Columbus yes. will have a tough time. Uh, oh, just, Columbus just doesn't it- count. Columbus doesn't count. So they got to beat Columbus. And then once they get to the oh, playoff, right, it's qualifying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're not counting that. Yeah. No, I'm, oh. I'm assuming they're going to win because let's be honest. The Leafs should definitely win that. Win it. They should, but one thing I'll say is we saw what happened to the Tampa Bay Lightning last year and that yeah. disgusting defensive hockey trap style that Tortorella can get his teams to buy into is is pretty is pretty tough. And I don't think anyone benefited more from this layoff than the Columbus Blue Jackets. They were absolutely battered coming in, uh, rounding the corner into the final stretch there around March and then would have been going into April. They were pretty beat up. So they're going to be healthy, but no, I think the Leafs will end up getting through. I think the reseed is going to see the Bruins fall in a different position too. And I, I could see Toronto winning a playoff round. Give me, I'm still going to co-sign on it. What if, because I know you're a Bruins guy, which it hurts me to say, but what if they end up playing the Bruins? How do you like that matchup? Uh, I still, until I see the Leafs do it, I, I'm going to have to take Boston, not even being a homer, just in the sense of like, we've seen Freddie Anderson in, in what, two game sevens now uh, versus the Bruins and each game was less underwhelming than the next. So we would need to see Freddie Anderson step up, but it would obviously be another seven game toss up They're They're very close. I might have to cut your mic off for that one. uh, Yeah, I might have to do that. All right, I got one more for you. Since you're a Bruins guy, I thought I'd toss you a Bruins question here. Number three, cosign, no sign. Tory Krug will become an unrestricted free agent after this season. I'm going to co-sign it. I think that Tory Krug is worth a lot of money on the open market. He is one of the best power play quarterbacks in the entire NHL. I think he's had five straight seasons of 40 plus assists. This guy moves the puck well. And we saw it in the uh, game one of the Stanley cup final last year, where he had the no helmet on. I think that was like the last play you were actually allowed to do in NHL history with no helmet on. Now they make you go off and change, but he came down the boards and just blew that guy up. He's feisty. He's five foot six, but tries to play like he's six, one or six, <laughs> two. Um, it, it's really good to watch, but I think Tori Krug on, the open market with very competitive teams having a lot of cap space i.e the colorado avalanche uh even his home state detroit i mean i know there's not a ton to go there other than the money but i trust a rebuild under steve eiserman for sure so i mean i think that with the covid stuff and the cap not moving puts the bruins in an even harder position to sign them than they were already in especially when they have restricted free agent matt greslick who would sign for about three and a half or four million dollars a season and when krug went out this year ran the power play just fine so i'm gonna, I'm gonna co-sign i think he goes to market the toronto maple Leafs could use a player like that i'm just saying 
They absolutely would. Like he that. would be everything that Tyson Berry wasn't for them. That's exactly. what I mean. that, that's the scary part. Is like I, a lot of good teams. I think the Colorado Avalanche, even though they have Kale McCarr and a couple other guys, they would want to sign. I think they would make room for him uh, 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 with uh, Rantanen and McKinnon, and put McKinnon on the point with Krug. You would that would be absolutely deadly. Like him and oh, Pasternak yeah. on the point uh, is, is disgusting enough. Not to mention if you threw him with McKinnon and all those guys up front in Colorado. Auto. there's a ton of good options for him the Leafs again the same thing like a puck moving defenseman that's as good of a puck moving defenseman as you're going to get but I think on the open market Tory Krug probably scores seven seven and a half to eight and a half million dollars easy easy it's going to be interesting in the, the the free agent market this year just because of you know the unknown of, of what's going on with the economy the unknown of what's going to happen with next season is it going to be shortened are we going to get a second wave that kind of pushes the season back even further are we going to get another stoppage you Flat know cap just, you know, it comes into play right like the, the way they exactly. were expecting they were expecting to cap to go between 84 and 88 million mm-hmm. and now they'll be lucky to keep it at the 81 and a half and i think that a lot of teams like the boston bruins and and the tampa bay lightning and in a much in a lesser degree the toronto maple leafs because they could always Toronto has the assets to free up cap space whenever they want. I know there's a certain defenseman that could hit the, the free agency this, uh, this summer, which would be really weird. But when you look at the cap situation in St. Louis, it does seem like it's going to be like, they're going to have to do a couple drastic things to bring, to bring Peter Angelo back. Yeah. It'll be tough for them to, for that to happen. It's going to be interesting off season, but we're not quite at the off season yet. Still got, you know, the qualifying round and then we've got the Stanley cup playoffs to go through. So you know, we still got some good hockey to uh, to look forward to. And yeah, really we need to get to the NHL to pick these hub cities here and oh, get these players goodness. quarantined, man. Like, let's go. Do you, have, do you have, have a team that you think or a city that you think they'll pick? I think it should be – I think Edmonton will get picked. I heard their pitch was fantastic, really player-oriented, um, where they were actually going to go above and beyond to make sure that the players that are staying there have a really good time while they're there, including building, like, drive-in theater screens and stuff oh, wow. like that, like, on the property. So really awesome pitch from them. But here's my thing, Michael, before uh, you got to kick me off here. With what's going on in the States right now and their COVID just not settling down, getting worse, opening anyway, I think both hub cities should be in Canada. You can't have people in the stands anyway. I know you're trying to do it so there's one East Coast, one West Coast, so you can make the time's worth so you're in prime time in both networks. But safety needs to come first because I'm worried they're going to go. And the American teams, we're talking Nevada, who's had spikes. We're talking Arizona, who has had a massive spike in COVID-19 cases. And then LA is the other city, which was just like, a hotbed of COVID. The the Sharks were the first team to shut down. Like they shut down before the even whole league shut down. So the the American choices for me in the U.S. cities don't make a ton of sense. If it were up to me, they would do it in probably. I would do it in Calgary and Edmonton. Couldn't agree with you more, man. Maybe Toronto and Edmonton. Even that. No, no. But even if you need to do the Eastern and Western time zones to make the times work for primetime games mm-hmm. and scheduling and to make sure that you get the most money out of these TV deals, do that. But the fact that they're going to go to Nevada or Arizona. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like, for that. I'm not for that either. Look at the NBA. Look at wrestling. Look what happened last week. Between the between uh, the NBA had 16 COVID cases. There was about another 15 or 16 with the WWE. 
WWE. Uh, MLB, the Blue Jays went down to Florida, a couple guys there or whatever they were saying, right? Like there's just, it's not safe right there. And I think that when you're talking about the safety of these guys and what COVID does to the cardiovascular system, which no sport relies on that more than hockey, they got to be really careful. They need to get the hub cities picked this week and they need to get all the players there now to quarantine and get this thing going before a second wave comes. Couldn't agree with you more, man. Uh, I totally agree. But let's just hope that we do end up getting hockey and let's get I it, need it so bad, man. figure out where it's going to be played. That's all I want. That's all I need. Just want to start watching hockey again. I don't care if they want to go play on the moon. I just want to watch it. Me at the too, end of the day, that's all I want. All right, uh, Christian, man, loved having you on the pod today. That was a really good conversation. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasting platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Leafs. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Chris at CMancuso9797. What do you want to plug something that's coming up on the website? Yeah, tarpsoffhockey.net, uh, big week ahead. We have a couple guests coming through the Get the Puck Out podcast, which we are looking for a co-host for. By the way, send in your 30 to 60 second videos, like I said earlier. But yeah, we have a good week coming this week. We're going to have a feature with uh, Nick Kiprios, uh, former Sportsnet uh, Hockey Central at Noon host, uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf player and new business owner. And he's an author. He's writing a book right now. And as well as uh, legendary goaltender Grant Fears coming by, and we're going to uh, talk to him as well. So big week ahead tarpsoffhockey.net uh straight gasoline that's what it is that's it check it out guys uh highly recommend it i went and checked it out love it love it love it uh all right uh thanks for coming on today uh if you want some more hockey talk be sure to check out the locked on nhl podcast where me and four of the locked on hosts discuss the latest news around the entire league as for this show i'll be back with another episode tomorrow but until then keep it locked right here on locked on leafs